Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Two witnesses, Revelation 11. And who are they? Why does God require two witnesses here in the last days in the work of the ministry? We see in John 8 that Jesus is confronted by the Pharisees because they do not believe that he is God. They think he's just a man. And we're going to see that they ask, and if the way Jesus answers is going to give us insight into two witnesses, who they are and why they're two. We know that everything is established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. We understand that. But why the two witnesses there in Revelation 11? The Word of God be the body of Christ, but there's two. So we see in John 8, Jesus gives us insight into that. And everything the Lord says and does Every particular word he says gives us insight because what happens to him or what happened to him in the days of his flesh, the body of Christ will go through in the last day work of the ministry, the Jesus ministry. He fulfilled the first three and a half years of that ministry. He was cut off, but not for himself. Who shall declare his generation? that generation that should be counted for the seed. What is it? Well, you know, it's the work of the ministry. It's a Jesus ministry. So there remains another three and a half year work of the ministry, a Jesus ministry, to fulfill the fullness of Jesus Christ and that Christ generation that Jesus said, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. What things? The things of faith. Now, we see in Acts 3, 20 and 21 that it states very simply, the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution of all things, the times of the restoration. And we see that in Matthew 17 when Jesus comes out off the mount and they ask him, why do the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? Jesus answered, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. That's all truth. That is being led and guided into all things of faith. And it's given to us to know all things and to know all truth and no lies of the truth. It's the depth, height, length, and width of Christ in the fullness of him. These Pharisees asked Jesus, said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. They're going to ask him, where is your father during this discourse? Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. Now notice he says record. It's very important that he says record. We see in 1 John 5, 7, there's three that bear record in heaven the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Now, we understand those that's had the revelation of Christ, that there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who's above all, Father of us all, and in us all. We understand that the Trinity doctrine of Christ is a false doctrine. It's an easy believism that is entirely wrong and does not give Jesus the glory of the Father. He is the Father revealed. He is God manifest in the days of his flesh. 
God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up in the glory. That is godliness, the God life. And that's 1 Timothy 3.16. Well, we know that. But he also expects us to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, full grown. That is a perfect man. Jesus the head, and we the body of the Christ. So when they said, Jesus, you bear record to yourself, your record is not true. They were stating, you're not the Father. You're not God. You're not the Word. You're not the Holy Ghost. These three different functions of the Spirit is but one Spirit. The Father's administrative office of the Spirit. The Word is that self-same Spirit, but different function. It's the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. The Word. Logos. Then there's the Holy Ghost. That's the power office of that self-same spirit, not a different spirit. And we know there's one body, one spirit. There's no spirit junior. There's no God junior. There's no second person of any Godhead. And that is the basic for the whole gospel to know that here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's not in unity. That is simply one means one, not in a union, not in a oneness doctrine where they're in union together, not in union. They are one, one in the same spirit. Jesus is the father revealed. The son of God is the redemption office. It's the only blood office, redemption office of the spirit. The Son of God is the only blood office. And with that shedding of blood, and when you preach the name Jesus, you intend to bring his blood upon us. That's the book of Acts. Well, they deny that Jesus is God. And they state that in John 8, verse 13. They came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. Jesus said, do I bear record of myself? My record is true. Because I'm not alone. And he says, I am one that beareth witness of myself. And my father, he beareth record, record of me. Now notice, he changes record to witness. And that is very important for us in discerning Revelation 11. He goes from record to testimony and witness. Notice that. Jesus said, it is written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. The testimony of two men, not one, but two. So the testimony requires two men as a witness in confirmation of that truth. And Jesus states that it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth Witness. Now he goes from testimony to witness, which the testimony of Jesus requires two witnesses. And he says there, it's written, your law, the testimony, not record, but the testimony of two men is true. I am one that beareth witness of myself and the father, my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's your two witnesses. Well, 
in Revelation 11, we see there's a reed like unto a rod given unto John, saying, rise, measure the temple of God. We're all going to be measured. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. Measure the temple and the altar. That's doing the will of God, not just a prayer life. But we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, upon the altar of God. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Why? That we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for each of us is. Working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure, not ours. We can't do our own will. We have to lose our will. We have to crucify our will, our volition, and do the will of God. Jesus stated that when any man come after me, Jesus said it, letting first deny himself, that's your self-will, and go pick up your cross and come and follow me. Why would there necessarily be a cross? Why is that a necessity? Because it's through the cross that each of us will crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust in doing the will of God. That's the altar. We're going to be measured there. Are we doing the will of God or not? Now, that's Revelation 11.1. 1. Read like unto a rod given unto John, saying, given unto me, saying, rise, measure the temple of God and the altar, the will of God, and them that worship therein. Now, those worshipers must worship God in spirit and in truth. Many people worship God in spirit, but not in the truth. We must have the truth. Charity rejoices in the truth, which is the final step in glory. Going from faith, adding to our faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, that's the God life, adding to your godliness, brotherly kindness, and finally, the epoch, charity. When that which is perfect is come, then all that which is in part will be done away with. That charity is the bond or guarantee of perfection. It's the bond or the glue of the body that, that joins each of the bones together in a joint. And it's only through the joints that joint supplies, every joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. So it's only when we as the body of Christ come together. So we have felt in prayer that many of you listening, that God is dealing with you of joining in that body of Christ for the work of the ministry. And I know that is a step of faith, but God will reward you. What does it require? Well, it requires full dedication, full consecration. We are open and occupying until the Lord comes. We want to be there for you. We want to be there as a servant to you to pop the rag, shine your shoes as a servant to you in the body of Christ. If God's dealing with you, please contact me. I would love to meet you. And as the body comes together, that will be a group fitly framed together and compacted through the measure of every 
part, every measure of faith in every member in particular, whichever joint supplies for the edifying of itself in love, and we will take this world. Right now, we have over a 1,000 ministers in Africa. Now, we've been going since 2012, sometimes as many as four times in one year with crusades and conferences. Now, a crusade is what we call in America revival. We may have an outdoor tent revival or a revival in the church. In the church, when they have a meeting in Africa or India, that's called a conference. But a crusade is an outdoor meeting. And in the outdoors, there's only a couple of months in a rainy, rainy season. And there will be hundreds, thousands that will meet outside, outdoors. And they'll come from five, six, nine, ten nations that will travel to come to a crusade. We have over a thousand ministers now that are begging for us to come. I'm not, that's not a hyperbole. That is the truth. It's over that. They have over that thousand in India, Nepal, Australia, New Zealand. There are so many that we cannot reach and get to. We need the financial support to do that. And you and the body of Christ to gather with us, travel with us. Let's take it for the Lord Jesus. The body has to come together. And Jesus stated that. It's not through one bishop or one apostle that this is going to happen. It's a body movement. It's only when the body comes together as and fitly framed together and compacted will it do the will of God. It's a body movement. It's not a one person claiming to be the leader of the pack. <laughs> it's a body movement. Now, he does use apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That's true. But for the work of the ministry, that's the body of Christ. The perfecting of the body of Christ prepares each individual member to join together as one body in one spirit, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism that lifts up Jesus, the Father of glory, to all the world for a witness in all nations. And I know that God's dealing with many, many of you there. If God is, and you're praying about it, and it is a step of faith, we'd love to meet you. And the Holy Ghost will bear witness that you're doing the will of God. And as we go forth, we have many uh, hundreds of ministers that have requested their Jesus-only training center, bringing them out of Trinity, the false Trinity doctrine, into the one God, Jesus-only doctrine of Christ. Somebody said, well, what is the Jesus-only doctrine of Christ? What is the Jesus-only training center? Well, we have four different manuals of question and answers that we guide ministers, as well as believers, to, to the real Jesus. One is called the heirs of the Trinity. And we point out the differences why it's a false doctrine. Then there's Behold the Real Jesus. That course goes into the various offices of the Spirit, that they're one and the self-same Spirit. Then Christ, the revelation of Christ, that Christ is taught and established, that is not an office, 
It is every office of the Spirit and every function of the Spirit. Christ is all. And then we go into the work of the ministry, how God puts it all together, and for the unity of the faith, for the proclamation of the gospel, how we work together. And ministers there are crying out, if God's dealing with you, please contact me. My number there will be uh, on the screen if you're listening to the podcast. It's 903 area code. Country code is plus one is our area code, United States. Plus one, 903 is area code. 746-4885. Now I'm receiving hundreds of phone calls a day. And those are ministers begging and crying out for us to come and pleading with us. So please leave a message. State that God you is dealing with you. would like to meet. You'd like to meet me. And I will get back with you and place a time and a place where we can meet. Simply leave a message. I'll get back to you. Now these two, why two witnesses? Well, we see that Jesus stated that in John 8 and said, it's written in your law. The testimony of two men is true. I just one, two. And Jesus said, I am one that beareth witness of myself. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. Now that's in the days of his flesh. That's when Jesus made himself from the reputation in spirit, took on the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. Who is that? Well, that's God manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. It's Isaiah 43.10, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant whom I have chosen. That's the man Christ Jesus, the body of flesh, that God will manifest himself in. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. God, the Spirit of God, the everlasting, self-existent, eternal God, that Spirit is that man, Christ Jesus, not a second person of the Godhead. And he goes on and states that, before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. There's only one unique, solitary Son of God. Now, we're sons of God, but we're adopted. We are of the seed of Adam that must be born again. Jesus is spirit that took on a body of flesh. He did not need to be born again. He's God manifest. So he's the sole, unique, only begotten son of God. That's the monogamous euos. Some of the manuscripts will say the only begotten God, monogamous theos. That's true, too, because the only begotten God is the only begotten Son. It's one and the same. Or the only begotten one, monogamous yakid. Only mentioned 12 times in the Word of God. It's a so unique, solitary Son of God. God manifest are the only one, unique one, and that is Jesus. That Jesus is not a trinity. 
It's not a binary where there's two-ness. And it's not a oneness where he's just standing at the right hand of God. But the man's not God, but has God in him. That's a false doctrine. And that's what you find in most oneness organizations. God is lifting up the true revelation of Jesus. That he, the man, is the blessed and only potentate. That's the Jesus-only doctrine. The potentate is the omnipotent, almighty, omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, spirit of God almighty. The man is that spirit. Before, in the days of his flesh, he was one of us. He was our kinsman redeemer. But after being tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin, he took the ordinances of that law, nailed it to his cross, and thereby broke down that metal wall of partition that parted God from man. Even though he's God, and he always has been God, and always will be God, but he took on a body of flesh made in under the law. That law is still there until Jesus dies, sheds his holy, righteous, uh, incorruptible blood, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition. So while that law is there, Jesus shows us the way, the truth, and the life, becoming one of us, making himself of no reputation, emptying out of glory to do that, working only as a man. But after he has accomplished that, the spotless, blameless Lamb of God, then he dies on the cross. No man takes his life from him. He said, I have power to lay it down. I have power to receive it again. This I've received of my Father. He states that in John 2. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body except he be God. This is what the Lord wants published, published, proclamated, preached, and taught in all the world. And we're waiting on you, waiting on God to fitly frame it together. We're praying and we know that God is talking and the voice of the Lord's going out. We're occupying until it comes and he will move upon the hearts of those that are obedient and those are the ones that we'll work with in the unity of the faith. And we'll pop the rag and shine your shoes. A servant and we'll take, we'll take the world for Jesus. And that is through the Holy Ghost. Not of any of our righteousness or any of our holiness. But simply as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. That message is that man, Christ Jesus. Whom you crucified. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly. That same Jesus, that man you crucified, God hath made him, that man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Spirit. All power in heaven and earth is given unto him. That's Acts 2, 36 and Matthew 28, 18. He is a blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, 
Revelation 1.8. That's the gospel we will be claiming to be the true gospel all over the world. And God will witness it. That is the truth. Besides the miracles, jobs, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost, God confirming his word. And there is the two witnesses that God is preparing now. Jesus stated that it's in your law, written in your law, Pharisees, that the testimony of two men is true. Got to have a witness. I'm one that beareth witness of myself. My father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. That was in the days of Jesus' flesh. Who's now the body, the body of the Christ. We are the church of the living God. And God has dealt to everyone the metron or measure of faith to each individual member. And when it comes together, it's fitly framed together, compacted according to the measure of each part. The measure of each faith given to each individual member, member in particular. And then he fitly frames it together. He's doing it now. And then he compacts it, seals it, and then sends it forth. These are the ones that grow up into him in all things, in all truth. And they're not tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine. They're the ones for the work of the ministry. They're the ones that you can read about them in the former reign in the book of Acts. God's talking to you. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. He's talking to you. God's talking to each individual member in the body of Christ to come together in one, the unity of the faith. And that unity of the faith and that measure that God has given to each individual part, the measure of faith. And each individual member is very important for the body to function. Because the eye can't say the foot, I have no need of thee. God has put the more abundant honor on the less comely parts of there be no chism or division in the body. There's no big eyes or little U's in God's body in his kingdom. Only Jesus is lifted up. All, all the rest are servants. That we now, in the body of Christ, God's forming those two witnesses. You read about in Revelation 11. It's time. Matter of fact, it's past due. Because we find the world calling good evil and evil good. And it's not just in the United States. It's all over the world. There now, God said, male and female created he them. Genesis 127. But now they're saying, no. You make your decision on what you want to be. Because you may not feel good with what God has created. No. The clay can't say to the potter, I'm not satisfied with what you've made me. So the world says, we'll change you. We will make you a transvestite. We will make you an alternative lifestyle. There's no such thing. Well, that is where the world is now. And we know evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. But you that are the called... You, that the call of the Lord God is going to you now. You have an opportunity to come together to take the world for Jesus, take the kingdoms of this world and make them the kingdoms of our Lord 
and of his Christ. All we have to do is obey. We have done many trips since 2012 and in, in the 2019. On the 19th of January, the Lord visited me coming out of a Maasai tribal church in Kenya, Africa, in Transmara, Kenya, saying, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. The body goes forth. All we do is lift up, spare not, show God's people their sin. Him the north to do good and doeth it not to him, it is sin. That's following the will and the purpose of God in your life. It's simply obedience. That's all it is. He says, here's the way, walk in it. All we have to do is obey. God's calling his body together now. Somebody said, where are you, Brother Beard? I'm in Longview, Texas. Is that where we're going to be? Is that going to be the headquarters? No. <laughs> where is it going to be? I don't know. But I know that God is calling us just as he called Abraham out of the land of birth of the Chaldee. Where will it be centered? It'll be from all over the world. We'll have Jesus-only training centers everywhere. We have them in America. We'll have them in, we'll have them in Africa. We'll have them in India. And there are ministers that are begging, praying for it, fasting for it now, contacting us daily. And here again, if God's dealing with you, only if God is dealing with you in truth and want you to join with us, then please do so because it'll be the greatest move of God there for us to take the world for Jesus, not through any of our righteousness or our holiness, but through his name, bringing his blood upon the people, preaching the name of Jesus, lifting up, sparing it not. Or if he be lifted up, he will draw men unto him. Not to us, but to him. And that's a true minister. Well, there's two witnesses. In the Rosh Hashanah, the new year. Well, that's in that Tishri, Ethnaim. It is the beginning of the civil year. But it is the seventh month of the religious year. And that's the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of uh, gathering, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Prophecy. It's the Feast of all feasts that God has called us for, the latter rain. Not the former rain, which was a moderate rain in the book of Acts. Wonderful move of God. A great move. But that will pale in comparison compared to what God is doing now in the latter rain. It's the last great reign of his strength. It requires two witnesses that brings it in. And that is the Rosh Hashanah. That we have to have two witnesses. Israel requires two witnesses to bring it in. To see that new moon and proclaim it. Then it is recorded. And it brings in the new year. The new wine. The new wineskin. That's what God's doing now. Well, the two witnesses we see in Revelation 11. That is, there was a reed like unto a rod, John said, given unto me, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court, which is that, leave out and measure it not. 
and the holy city should be trodden underfoot 42 months. Time, times a half, three and a half years. Jesus talked about us. He talked about this generation. This generation that should be counted for the seed, the Christ generation. And he said, this generation will not pass until all these things, all the things of faith, be fulfilled. And there he said, I will give power to my two witnesses. Well, what are the two witnesses? Has to be two because the testimony of Jesus requires two witnesses. Now we need to know what the testimony of Jesus is. Well, we are given insight without a shadow of a doubt. Truly recorded for us by John himself in Revelation 19.10. John sees a man. He knows it's Jesus. Has the character of Jesus. He walks in the light just like Jesus. It's an image of Jesus in perfection, full maturity. Not a baby, not a little children, not young men, but full fathers. And he bows down to begin to worship him. And he said, see thou doest it not, do not worship me. Then he says, I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Well, Jesus said in John 8, 13 through 27, it's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. Isaiah 8 said, to the, to the law and to the testimony. If any speak not according to this word, it is because there's no light in them. Well, we're not talking about the law of Moses. We're talking about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That is what's required in the two witnesses and the testimony of Jesus. We're told the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Revelation 19.10. Notice that's a small s. Why? Well, if it's a capital S, that's deity. That's the Holy Ghost. But it's got a small s there. Just like there's a capital C in cherubim in Genesis 3.24. That's the Lord himself, the four faces of Jesus, as declared in the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah in Matthew, the face of a man in the gospel according to Mark. He's the suffering servant, the ox, the face of an ox, in the gospel according to Luke. And he is the eagle in the gospel according to John. That's the capital C cherubim set at the east end of the garden of God along with a flaming sword. Word of God, we know that. To keep the way of the tree of life. Well, there's the testimony. That cherubim. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. That man is God Almighty. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face now, right now, in this time, in this season, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. Not seeing through a glass darkly, but seeing through this glass clearly are changed into the image of Jesus Christ the perfect image of Jesus. 
we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's the testimony. Testimony requires two witnesses. And Jesus stated that in John 8, 13 through 27, I am one that beareth witness of myself, that is, in the days of his flesh, the body. The body of Jesus, that is, in the days of his flesh, that's one witness. And for that testimony to be true, has to have another witness. And he said, my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. That's the other man. Not a human, a man in a human body, in a dark body, but the man. The man that we see in John 3.13. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. There's a man that came down from heaven? Yes. God Almighty himself, born in the city of David, Christ, the Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. That's who he is. Well, that's the other witness. That's the other man. And he said, my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. That's the spirit. What are the two witnesses there? Well, the two witnesses are through the testimony of Jesus. Requires two witnesses. It's written in the law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus in Revelation 19.10. And Revelation 11 says, I give power to my two witnesses. That's for the testimony of Jesus. And Jesus stated that. I'm what the bearer witness myself and my father that sent me. He beareth witness of me. Obviously, they said, where is your father? They didn't understand Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. He is the father of glory. There's not a second person of the Godhead, and the man is God. They failed at that. Jesus stated that. You're from beneath, I'm from above. You're of this world, I'm not of this world. Moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasury. said, if you'd have known me, you should have known my father. And said, where I go, whether I go, you cannot come. They said, will you kill yourself? And Jesus said Except you believe that I am he, John 8, 24, the father of glory. You shall die in your sins. So you can't just ask Jesus to come into your heart. You have to have the revelation of who he is and then obey under righteousness, under holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You that are listening, you know that. You know there's something deeper. You would not be listening to this podcast. And God's calling some of you to join with me. In this good fight of faith for the nations. And God will have this word being preached into all the world for witness unto all nations. And then the end will come. We're looking to hear from you. Notice there that in Revelation 11, power is given to the two witnesses. And that in Revelation 19.10, that's required in the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. Why is that a small s? Well, that's the same that finds a small c in the cherubim in Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel 10. They are the ones that's come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. They are the four beasts before the throne of God in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5. Those are the ones that are full grown in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're the zoe. They're the church. Those are not angels. Those are the living creatures. And... uh, 
They have their four faces, thus just like Jesus, in an image of Jesus Christ, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ as a perfect man. And these have uh, the face there that Jesus had, a lion, man, ox, and eagle, in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, Revelation 4, Revelation 5. And in Revelation 5, we see that the four and twenty elders and the four beasts are the redeemed of the Lord. They sing the song of the redeemed. Angels are not redeemed. It's the church of the living God in a higher state of glory. And those are the ones that preach the gospel. They're the ones in Revelation 6 that the one of the four beasts of the four beasts, the four living creatures, say, come and see. They're the ones preaching the word. Well, that testimony of Jesus requires two witnesses. And we see that in Revelation 19, 10. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit, small s, of prophecy. Why? Because that's the body of Christ in the unity of the faith. Fellow labors together with Jesus. He that's joined the Lord is one spirit. And that is in a union with the Lord. That means that we're in the unity of the faith. Where fellow labors together with Jesus. He is our elder brother. He will lead us and guide us into all truth and then send us forth to the nations. I'm waiting for your call. Contact me. God dealing with you? And you know that he is beyond a shadow of a doubt. If you don't know, then pray. When you know that you know, then we want to hear from you. Make that leap of faith. God will bless you by simply doing obedience to the will of God, obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness. Do that, and you will be blessed. God's doing it now. We're, we're, we have answered the call. We've been going since 2012. But what was radically changed in Revelation was the 19th of January, 2019. When the Lord visited me and said, seal my people <laughs> by my word. Profound. I was flabbergasted, knowing that it's the last of the last days. From that, we started doing podcasts. And join with me at jcic.tv, where at 2 o'clock daily from Monday through Saturday, we have a private website for the believers and ministers who are called for the One God Ministry, preaching that Jesus-only doctrine to the nations. All you simply do is answer one question that you are, One God, Jesus-only in doctrine. You say yes, you register. Where we are open to your comments and questions. I'm there daily at 2 o'clock, Monday through Saturday, at Central Standard Time here in Longview, Texas, that we bring this gospel through this private website, jcic.tv. Join me there. And if you have friends or the ones that you know that want to go deeper in God, knowing there's more, knowing that they want to dig deep and find that rock, that rock is Christ, and build their house upon that, and the deep calling to the deep, refer them to this podcast. Saving God's people. 
there. We will do the podcast daily on Sealing God's People. God's dealing with you. Please give me a call. I look forward to meeting you. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.